Hello, and welcome to Her Return, a podcast devoted to returning to your feminine essence through embodiment practices, sensual explorations, and unifying the feminine and masculine energies within. I'm your host, Lindsay Curtis. Episode number 11, Conversation with Allison Scammell. Allison is a master certified coach, EFT practitioner, and intuitive consultant. She helps soul-guided women entrepreneurs to grow their businesses in a way that it feels aligned and satisfying by living deeper into their own unique abilities. Allison is a farm girl turned global nomad who adores adventure, travel, hanging upside down, horseback riding, vegetarian cooking, dancing with herself, and supporting women entrepreneurs. She dreams of one day owning a buffalo farm, and I am so excited to introduce you to her today. There we go. Welcome, Allison. I am so excited to tune in with you here for the podcast as you literally were the doula to the birth of this podcast and we're of such great support. So with so much gratitude, I welcome you here and thank you for, for tuning in with us today. I'm thrilled. Thank you so much. Wonderful. So I love, love, love to begin always when I, when we tune into our conversations to start with a little snapshot of who little Allison was, like who you were as a child and how um, this beautiful creative ball of energy is still living in you today and how she has brought you to where you are today in the world. Wow. What a good question. So I grew up on a family farm in South Dakota. I'm fourth generation family Mm -hmm. farmer. And I literally grew up with the animals as my best friends. The nearest neighbor was two miles away. And so I didn't really have, um, it wasn't easy to have play dates or anything like that. So I was really close to my siblings. And I also was just, I rode horse every day, which is like my happiest childhood memory. And just being outside all the time, just, I would get a lead rope, um, catch my horse and just ride bareback with a lead rope, no reins, nothing. Amazing. It really was the most beautiful childhood. I believe we pick our parents and choose our lives. And I chose Mm -hmm. why I I knew this was not my lifetime to have bad parents and a bad childhood. Um, (laughs) I was so lucky. I was so blessed. As I get older, I realize just how blessed I was. Mm. Um, and yeah, I was, it was an idyllic childhood of daydreaming. And from the youngest age, I have to say, in this idyllic childhood, I dreamt of leaving. Just dreamt of leaving because I dreamt of traveling the world from the youngest age. My mother said I was born with a suitcase in my hand. And all I wanted to do is get on a plane. It was, you know, back in the 80s, there was this commercial campaign on TV for the Peace Corps. Mm. And the motto was the toughest job you'll ever love. And I knew from the youngest age, I was going to be a Peace Corps volunteer and I was going to travel the world. And so that's Mm. really, it was a great childhood, but it really was. I just dreamt of leaving (laughs) and embarked on a journey, which is exactly what I ended up doing. Wonderful. And I mean, what a great foundation for then where, where life took you. So you were in the Peace Corps for how long? Two years. Yep. Two years. So I graduated from college and yeah. I, a week later I was on a plane to Romania 
Mm. And, um, and this was before they were in the EU and before they were part of NATO. And I lived in a little village in the Danube Delta. You could only get there by boat. They still use the barter system. You could buy bread with fish and um, just no modern technology whatsoever. And it was amazing. And I'm so blessed, like looking back, I'm so, so blessed that I was in the Peace Corps before the dawn of Facebook and social media. Um, and I didn't have uh, the internet. And I'm, I feel so happy because I was so isolated. Mm -hmm. It was so isolating. And I had so much free time mm -hmm. that if it would be 2019, I think I probably would have had some access to Wi-Fi. And I would have just spent you know, as a 22 year old, I would have just spent my entire existence uh, glued to news feeds. I'm sure of it. <laughs> I didn't have that option. I was yeah. forced to, you know, be. Mm -hmm. And I would go on these walks and I found this sit spot, which I guess Native Americans used to do. And I didn't realize that. And I was just sort of drawn to this habit where I would go out in nature and I would just sit and observe life mm -hmm. around me. And there was a goose farmer. How cool is that, right? <laughs> Six geese that he would herd out to graze and he would watch them mm. and then he would herd them home. And every day I would just watch these geese eating and I'd watch this farmer and he, I think he was always like, what is this girl doing? Like he always <laughs> thought like, who is this girl? Why is she not married mm. and pregnant? <laughs> you know, like, I think he thought I was mad, but I, I would do that every day. And it was such, you know, at the time it was a huge challenge because I thought, oh, you know, I want to be busy and I want to be doing all this stuff and I want to be working, working, working. But I thought, what a blessing that I was forced into this very slowed down, connected to nature, no agenda. And I was kind of forced for a couple of years of my life just to be. Because I didn't have a choice or something else to do. <laughs> um, you know, and it was, what a gift, you know. Right, and I love that because you said you're in this place of isolation, but in your description, it's a place of, like, pure connection at the same Absolutely. way because you, you are able to go in without any of the distraction that we're so prone to now, right? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I was assigned, I mean, obviously I wanted to be working. I was assigned to this um, environmental NGO and it was just completely defunct. I mean, I was like, it was like one guy who would go in there every day and like file his fingernails and go home. And, and I was like, oh, well, let's do this and we can do a fundraiser and we can apply for grants and we can do all these projects. And I was so bright eyed and bushy tailed. And every day he would say to me, in Romanian, I rebdare, Alison, I rebdare, and that meant be patient, Allison, be patient, and we never really did anything. Like with, the, I ended up finding a different organization that I was able to get some projects going, but with that particular person, nothing happened in advancing the environment in the Danube Delta for the two years I was there. <laughs> a lot of patience. <laughs> well patience is so value and it's something that we all need to definitely cultivate but there's a difference between patience and just no action or non-doing maybe exactly exactly mm. okay so going from there to the rest of your 
um, trajectory and so where you are right now in supporting women uh, in soul guided business and in infusing our core gifts into the world uh, what helped you make the leap into core gift work and I mean to preface can you define for us how you define core gifts for our listeners that don't know Yes, absolutely. So I define core gifts as the unique abilities you were born to share. So we're all born with them. They are part of our soul DNA. We take them from lifetime to lifetime. We express them differently in each lifetime, but they all have basically the same unique flavor. It is our superpower, our genius, and they are unique on to everyone else. You have a genius that fits in one box and you're the only person that goes in that box and um, it's a limitless box and there's no, there's no borders. And I think I got called to help people find their genius initially was to help people discover their genius and express them because I spent 17 years of my life with my genius repressed mm. and I was feeling suffocated. I was, I was dying on the inside mm. and I realized that no amount of money or status could satiate my desire to, I like to use the word uncork, like uncork myself um, as I felt so bottled up for so long and I had, I was totally wearing the golden handcuffs. I had the great job, the great salary, and I was absolutely withering away and dying on the inside. And I realized that I absolutely, I would live in abject poverty over an, an inexpression of my gifts than keeping it corked up and bottled up inside of me. So that's when I said, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to do this. Um, I'm going to discover what my gifts are for myself. Yes, take your and own medicine. <laughs> absolutely. And that this is something like I always say, with core gifts, there's no one and done. There's no quiz you can take. Um, I love all the sort of strength finder quizzes out there and Myers-Briggs. And I think it does help us paint a picture of how we ideally show up in the world. But the thing about core gifts is there's no, uh, there's no category that you fall into. You are your own category. So um, it is a lifetime journey and can't just, uh, you know, uh, like I said, take a quiz and understand what your gifts are or, um, do a three-day challenge or something. And so the first thing I did was hire a coach. And I think if there's any time in your life that you're ever gonna hire someone or work with someone to hold this space for you to explore and get clarity, discovering your core gifts is one of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, this mentor, he became a mentor of mine and he really helped me to define my core gifts and sort of helped me in my journey to help others. And that's really how it got started. Mm -hmm. And I was working with women primarily to help them discover their core gifts. But then it was like, then what? I always felt like, okay, there they are. Yeah. Now we've defined them. <laughs> now what? And I didn't even, and so then the next step was like how to be in full expression of my gifts. But I didn't even want to stop there. I really wanted to go, go on to how can I be in full expression of my gifts and earn a livelihood doing it? 
Mm. So that's really when I started focusing specifically on soul guided women entrepreneurs. Although I work with men, I work with people in government and corporate. Mm. Um, so anyone who's feel, feeling called for this journey that I feel like I'm a match with them, I'll work with them. But all my marketing and, and all my teachings are really, uh, mm, they're focused on what I call soul guided women entrepreneurs. So it's defining the gifts and then being an expression of the gifts and then using their gifts in their businesses to grow. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it. Love it. And I've spent some time with you going over my core gifts. So I'm so like, I love the way that you present them and how you work with them. And also what I love is um, how you also bring in the shadow gifts because we all, we all have this light and dark within us. And of course our core gifts also have a shadow side. Is there something you could speak to about that? Absolutely. Um, I was just at some coaching event the other day and, and somebody said, um, you know, be mindful of what you were doing as a kid when you got in trouble. A yes. lot. <laughs> How did you get in trouble? As a kid? Mm. And that is, uh, an indication of one of your core gifts is absolutely true. Mm. So core gifts have a shadow side. I call them shadow gifts. And I encourage people not to see it as good and bad, but as contrasts of the full expression of who we are. Mm. All of, if there is light, there is dark and you need the dark to see the light. And certainly when I take people through what I call the core gift process, very often it's identifying the shadow that helps us to identify the light. So I, mm -hmm. I tend to try to find the shadow first. And what is the shadow? The shadow is the dark underbelly, if you will, of your gifts. And it tends to present itself when your gifts are stuffed away, when they're corked, when you feel like you can't express yourself authentically, you tend to, we all tend to dip into shadow. How shadow typically arrives for people is you're really good at supporting other people do, to do something, but you totally neglect yourself. Mm -hmm. That is a very typical shadow that a lot of us have. Um, trying to think, um, sometimes shadow arrives when you're trying to repress a difficult emotion. Um, you will go into shadow to try to flee experiencing difficult emotions or shadows. You know, maybe go into something that numbs you or busies you so you don't have to deal with an intense emotion um, or challenge that can sometimes be shadow. And the thing that's cool about the shadow, like I said, it helps to point you to your light but it's also, if you look back at your lifetime, at the nature of the challenges, most of us, when we look back and see our major life challenges, they have a similar flavor to them. Mm -hmm. You know, you might be the person who just feels unlucky in love. Well, that's <laughs> not by accident. Mm -hmm. What's happening here is that you agreed before you came into this lifetime for certain challenges. And those challenges were in service to the evolution of your soul. And within those challenges, you are using your core gifts to overcome them, survive them, transmute them, whatever's happening. And in that process of overcoming gifts, your gifts are getting powerful, more powerful. That's how you, you're growing them because you are the only person who has your core gift DNA. You can't go to a class. You can't go to a guru and say, hey, teach me about my gifts. You are the one, you are at the tip of the spear. 
yes. at the edge of creativity with what it is you have to offer. And that's why it's so fascinating. <laughs> and I'm just like, this topic is, I'm so passionate about because it's, I think it's such a critical part of our journey that there's, and there's so little information really out there about it. And I, and very much in the traditional educational structures, it's stunted. So to get back to your question about shadow gifts, what often happens to us as kids, because we go to these traditional education, which is very like sit in your seat, listen to the teacher, color inside the lines, memorize the teachings of others. Be this quiet. all stunts. <laughs> Be quiet. Most of us are an expression of our gifts when we're screaming, when we're standing on our chair, when we're not even coloring outside the lines, we're finding entire new ways to color. Mm. We're finding entire new colors. We're not memorizing the ideas of others. We're expressing our own ideas. Um, and so in this process of of us being told to sit in our seat, what will often happen when our, like I said, when our gifts are repressed, we will rebel, we will go into shadow. Mm -hmm. And when we're in shadow, let's say we go into shadow by rebellion. The teacher, the parent, the authority figure will say, you're bad. You are bad to rebel. You're not sitting quietly like your neighbors are. You're not conforming. So this is a bad part of you. And what most children take that to mean is all parts of themselves that are related to that rebellion is bad. So they some, some cork up their shadow, some don't, and some cork up their core gifts along with it. And they stay corked up sometimes for their entire lives. Mm. So that's why it's, uh, it's so critical to do this work, I think. So, so, so critical. And I... Um... I love it because also what I really hear and feel in the core gift work is how my core gifts are, because I don't use core gift talk, but I speak so much about alignment and being in alignment with our soul and our fullness. And I feel like the core gifts are another way of approaching that alignment because it's what we can offer to ourselves in the world. Um, so it's like about stepping into our unique alignment and our own frequency really. And I just love the way you describe that as like it, the infinite box without edges. <laughs> yes. And it is alignment. Absolutely. And ultimately, what I tell my clients is let's start because if, if you're sort of new to this and you've never really considered it for yourself, mm -hmm. it's kind of sometimes daunting to wrap your head around it. So I always start with thinking of gifts, gifts as ability. I have the ability to mm -hmm. dot, dot, dot. And then with each ability, you have a shadow. And with that ability, you have a tendency. I have a tendency to fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. But the next step of this process is really to think gifts beyond abilities, more in alignment to how you just described it. It is an embodiment. Mm -hmm. You're showing up at your highest frequency. Mm -hmm. You're showing up as the best version, most aligned version of yourself. And so when you are in full embodiment of your gifts, of your genius, of your light, you don't have to do a thing. Yes. You affect others and serve others and heal others and inspire others just by being. They receive your gifts just by you being. How exciting. <laughs> it's so magical. <laughs> so magical. Yes. And so I had a, I, uh, go ahead. Sorry. 
No, go ahead. Tell us. So I just decided a few months ago to hire my, my, my mentor that helped me first discover my gifts about four or five years ago. I just hired him again. And we've been doing core gift work 2.0, which has been super fun. Um, because like I said, this journey, yes, this journey never, ever, ever ends. It's with you until the day you die. You're always peeling another layer of that onion back. Mm-hmm. And um, I was talking about, so one of my, you know, we say my gifts and I've, you're, you're constantly arriving on new words because the words really only trigger the embodiment. They aren't the embodiment, right? Right. So the words that I've arrived to as of today to, to describe my gifts are I am expanded bold ability. So I have, yeah, isn't that so good? <laughs> That's changed since the last time we spoke. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. And you're getting a hit because yeah. it's aligned, right? And you're yeah. feeling the alignment of it. Yeah. And that it's kind of the ability to hold the space for others to grow into a bigger version of themselves, but first mm-hmm. creating that space, helping them to create that space so that bigness can arrive and seeing possibilities that maybe they can't see and all of that good stuff. So I happen to be talking to him about my podcast as sort of a warm up. We were just chatting and I wasn't thinking about it. And I was telling him all the things that I was doing for my podcast. And after the conversation, he was like, oh my God, you just gave me such a zap of your medicine. He calls Core Gifts original medicine. Okay. And, uh, and I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, all the things you're doing for your podcast, like all the possibilities that you've created for yourself. Oh my God, as you were talking, I just thought I was just getting so excited about all the things I can grow for what I'm working on. Mm -hmm. And he said, and I thought to myself, I've really been holding back and there's Allison out there seeing these new possibilities and going for it. And it was just, he was like, really, it was like infectious for him. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, that's it. I, all I was doing was being and say like showing up as my authentic self and he was taking it and he was my mentor. So it's always cool when your mentor receives from you (laughs) the way you receive from them. And it was just a cool example of how this works. Mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. And it reminds me of a time actually when you, you said to me that whenever you hear the thought like, oh, I can't do that. You make a promise or you, you make a vow that you will do exactly that thing. And um, it gave me so much inspiration of, okay, where can I be more bold? Where can I be more daring in the inspiration that comes through me? And how do I line myself up for the action of that? So um, I think I heard it on one of your podcasts recently, actually, about like stalking the edges of our creativity and how we can do that. Um, Yeah, and so it has so much to do with this expanding into the boldness that you just described. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. So one thing that I encourage people to ask themselves from time to time, because here's the thing about up-leveling our core gaps. Discomfort is just part of it. You know, we're going to be confronting all sorts of stuff and it's not putting yourself, it's aligned discomfort. It's not, um, you know, putting yourself into stress just to be stressed. It's actually aligned discomfort. It's growth. Growth always has a little bit of discomfort and you're facing old fears. You're facing old demons. You're um, confronting the voices, you know, getting back to the original question. What was the childlike Allison? Well, she was playful and adventurous and loved animals and exploration, but she, she also had this voice that came from my really, really awesome parents, but no parents are perfect, right? Um, 
except for me. I'm a perfect parent when I parent my kids. Don't. Obviously. <laughs> um, you know, I had the perception that my father, uh, my brothers, their stuff meant more. It was more important. Right. And their accomplishments were more valuable than mine. And like boys had a bigger role to play in society than girls. Mm. And that really affected me. And from the get go, I was like, if I, can I swear? Yes, of course. Okay. I was like, sorry, I have to swear here. I was like, bullshit. Like I rejected that notion that boys were somehow whatever, which is really funny because my mom is pretty much a pioneer kind of feminist role model person, but she was married to at the time, a pretty conservative dude, you know, a a farmer who grew up in the fifties in middle America. Right. And so he was just reflecting that era, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and also um, we all have we all have the internalized patriarchy that comes up in such unique ways, right? That can be go unnoticed, undetectable. That we're constantly evolving out of anyway. So we all all have that still happening, unwinding. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, whenever, and I've kind of, this is an interesting thing. I've overcome. So the little voice, the little girl voice, the scared voice in my head would say, you're not good enough or like Mm -hmm. men are better um, or your brothers are better. And that was a voice I had to come up that whole, like, I think a lot of us have to overcome that not good enough. Mm -hmm. So I did, I confronted that voice and I totally overcame that voice but then once I overcame it it turned into you are too much <laughs> okay I okay I agree you're not good enough but now I think you're being too much so then that was like the next voice I had to confront right. and I think that when you really start to express your core gifts you can have that feeling like whoa that was big that was bold okay that was too much I expressed it now I have to cork it all back up you know right. yeah. um so that's the second voice to overcome Mm-hmm. And um, so part of the process, discomfort. Every time we but expand, would, then we contract. But, Whenever we're yes. expanding, then it's the in-breath, out-breath, right? Exactly. And it's always such a reward when you, take, when you sign up for it and say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to confront this fear. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to see it through. <sighs> it's so rewarding when you get <sighs> Comfort and on the other side. Yeah, it's like it's such a reward mm-hmm. and, a relief. Mm-hmm. and a relief. <laughs> and it's usually like that wasn't so bad, right? It wasn't as hard as I thought it was. No, it's so simple, but well, the resistance that we have up to it, right? <laughs> mm, so yeah. I love that. I love that, like, we've already touched on embodiment and bringing. So I feel like that's also meeting these edges and and letting go of these voices help us further embody because they let us come into greater action, right? So one of the things I work with a lot is um, how we can unify our feminine and masculine energies within us, Um, which is one of the things I also really love about your work is this unification of, okay, how am I receiving from my inside my guidance and then directly taking action in the world? And this for me is like that real, the real dance, that's going on inside. So can you tell us a little bit about um, Soul Guided, your Soul Guided uh, business creation? Yes. We'll say. (laughs) Yes. So ultimately now I help women with Soul Guided business 
this growth, and I say it has three main pillars. The first is the core gift work that we've been talking about and infusing that into the gift and really showing up as your most authentic and powerful self. The second is soul guided planning. Mm -hmm. So that's really tapping into the soul, the heart of your higher self, your intuition, your heart, your soul, however you see it and getting a bigger vision for your life and your business. And we have come in the modern world to define bigger as more money, more numbers. You know, it's very quantitative. And I'm a big fan of increasing numbers because we have to pay rent. And if we have more money, we can hire people to help us so we can spend more time in our zone of genius and we can have a bigger impact on the world. So I'm a firm believer in earning wealth. And, however, sometimes growth at certain parts of your isn't always about growing numbers. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is just about growing your core gifts and your ability to be an expression of them. Sometimes it's about your ability to grow, to grow your ability to give yourself permission to take rest and experience pleasure and to stop working and stop doing and stop um, always caring for the needs of others and neglecting yourself. Mm -hmm. All these things, right? And so that's, to me, growth has a really profound definition. It is not just about always growing numbers. Third pillar of soul-guided business growth is align and inspired strategy. Mm -hmm. And that's really a lot of the soul-guided women entrepreneurs who come to me really hate marketing and sales. And they feel out of alignment to it. And so I work with them to shift them back into alignment to see marketing as connecting and to, to see sales as offering transformation. And when they shift their energy towards it and find the approaches that allow them to share their authentic voice and embody their gifts, everything changes. They effort less, they ease more, and their sales conversions increase things start to get easier and they start to make more money and have more followers and more impact with less effort. So for me, it's the most, one of the most rewarding things I can take someone through. And it's really rewarding to experience it for myself in my own business. And I'm always looking for ways to ease more and effort less while still getting results, right? Because we all have mortgages and bills to pay. So that's an important part of this. Um, so go ahead. Definitely. And how our emotional tone, how there can be so much more spaciousness for, like you said, pleasure and play and, and that's part of the bigger picture. And I, I love this. How marketing, you really completely transform my view uh, and my fears about marketing and sales for seeing myself as a business because marketing is exactly that. It's connection. And one of my, so one of my gifts is connection. And so when I realized that I was just like, Oh yeah, but of course, if you just take it, yeah, I can call it marketing and I can just call it connection. It's how, how can I connect to more people? That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> I love that. Yes. And um, yes. recently I heard the term how um, the transformation is in the transaction. And I love that because I've had a number of times when um, I don't like saying this because it sometimes scares people, but I've had a number of clients that as soon as they say yes to work together and they send in their first payment, they get sick. <laughs> and it's like their physical body is like releasing something as they, they're going on to this transformational journey. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, I have to share that with you also. Like the, the transformation is in the actual transaction of the sale. Like, yeah. 
It's yes. so, such a good way of looking at it too. And the sickness, the body shutting down is so part of that discomfort. It's mm. emotional discomfort. It's physical discomfort. You know, every time you up level, it's likely you're going to get a head cold or <laughs> a migraine headache or something funky is going to happen until you get used to you. And then you eventually start overcoming that. The more you up level and the more you kind of get into the flow of it, you'll start to get sick less. I, I remember when I first started, I launched a, a local um, connecting group for uh, local soul-guided women entrepreneurs, and we'd meet once a month, and it was a pretty high-powered group of women. And I kind of felt like, oh gosh, am I going to give them content that they will find useful because they all have really successful businesses, many of them bigger than my own. And I would get sick every month about a day before the event and it was just like clockwork Mm. and so I did a lot of work and I did a lot of dissolving of thoughts like my content's not good enough Mm. and now I just never get sick anymore like that because I was the awareness okay this Mm. is going on and you know whatever so yes 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 love that and I think a lot of times it happens Oh, I was going to say, um, you know, it happens a lot. I have a lot of my clients will say that, especially people in the service-based business, that um, people will sign up. um, They'll have, like, say, a free consultation. And in the consultation, they'll say, yes, I want to work with you. And it's kind of like a full-body yes. And then a day or two later, they come back and just say, no, I, I can't afford it. You know, my partner's not supporting it for whatever reason. And I just think that that's, you know, that inner voice takes over of that potential client and just says, I'm not ready for this transformation. And so, you know, it's, it's just, I think part of working in this line of work, um, it can be frustrating if you're the person who's trying to bring in the potential clients, but I think it's eventually just go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a event. Go ahead. Sorry. I know. I love this and I can just speak to that directly because this, um, happened recently and to have the experience of it I was like uh it gave me the opportunity as the person that that received the yes and then the no I was like okay was I attaching to that yes was I attaching to this person and I and I had a moment of looking like how much more can I surrender to the universe sending me the women that are ready to do the work that I am here to do and and I did this process and like the next day after this process, this woman contacted me again and was like, actually, yes. <laughs> so I was like, nice. oh. <laughs> That's so a, true. There's always an opportunity. Dance. Yeah, and always an opportunity yeah. in whatever, whether it be a yes or no. And so one thing that I also do, just as a little kind of advice tidbit, um, if, you're, if you are in the, a service-based business and you do free consultations, I always say, if you get like, a yes, and that's just like whatever, a yes. But if, you, if someone is um, not sure or they're giving you a yes and you feel like it may not be a yes, I always encourage people to do a follow-up appointment because I, I really do think that if someone gets on your, your calendar and spends the time to chat with you for 20, 30 minutes, that they are ready on so many levels. And it's just that their fear is getting the best of them. Mm-hmm. So sometimes just going ahead and booking a follow-up conversation, if they're, if they're still not ready, then that's fine. They're still not ready. But sometimes it just takes a couple conversations and 
a lot of empathy on your part as the healer or the coach or whoever you are about their journey and just say, hey, I'm with you. And if you're ready for this transformation, I'm ready to support you in it. Mm, love that. Yes, yes, yes. Which brings me to, I would love to touch upon um, surrender and action. And actually like how there is action in surrender and how there is surrender in action. So I would love for you to shed some light upon this. <laughs> yes. Yes. So surrender is a really powerful, I always say it's like graduate level work. It's a really <laughs> powerful concept of like, I, I always say like I teach soul guided planning and that's mm -hmm. the concept of giving, getting a bigger vision for your life and business and then aligning your thoughts, feelings, actions, states of being, points of focus to that vision to bring it into your third dimensional reality. Well, that is a great process, but in a way, it's sort of counter to that always being and surrendering of the present moment, or it can, or can feel like they conflict. So I do feel like there's some duality in soul-guided planning. On the one hand, you're getting a bigger vision of where you want to go, and you're choosing to say, I want to go there. But on the other hand, you're in constant surrender to the present moment to what wants to be. And maybe what wants to be feels like it's something out of alignment to this vision, or you can, your brain can perceive that, and it may or may not be true. So I think it's part of our, you know, graduate level work as, you know, spiritual beings in the world, spiritual beings having a human experience, right, um, to reconcile this duality and to know that there's always, always, no matter what, no matter how excited you are about your vision, um, no matter what's happening in your life, there's always so much more ease in the surrender. And we often resist surrendering because we fear it or we find com comfort in the efforting. But um, that surrendering, especially to a challenge, something that's, you know, um, reoccurring challenge that you can't seem to flow past that normally just requires you to surrender. And so like, I think a good example for women entrepreneurs is over efforting and that feeling that they're not getting the results, even though they're putting in all this work. So I always, I'll say whenever I get into that feeling of like, I'm over efforting, it's like, how can I surrender to the over efforting? how can I surrender to my schedule? That's just too full right now. Mm. How can I surrender? And you know what happens nine times out of 10? Somebody calls me up and cancels an appointment with me that day. Um, I realize like five of the things on my to-do list I just don't need to do or I can get someone else to do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It just changes your relationship to the problem. So like an overly booked schedule, for example. And all of a sudden you're like surrendering into this feeling of being overly booked and you're, you're in that surrender. You're starting to align to the flow. Mm -hmm. And when you're in flow, getting back to your question, you can take action from flow. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And it's coming yes. from a place of ease mm -hmm. and it really feels like more being than doing. And it's giving you energy deposits instead of energy withdrawals. And so it's just, and it's a hard thing to do. It's easy for me to say, 
it, when you're in the thick of it and when you're exhausted and when you're going through a, a hard life challenge, it can be super hard to surrender that challenge. And it's normally the most easeful thing you can do that will um, help you flow through the challenge the quickest. Mm -hmm. And you can just say, and so the question, so it might be, well, how do I do that? Set the intention. I have this hardship in my life right now. I intend to surrender to it mm -hmm. and truly surrender to it. And then it's shifting in to be open into the creative response to what is present. And I'm surrendering to the present moment and I'm surrendering to what wants to be. Mm, I love this. And I always, I always love the question, like, what would it take for me to surrender? Like, I love framing, like, like, what would it take for this to just be easy? And I know I have a friend who all the time is like, why is this so easy? She always says this. And at first it used to make me so mad. Like she'd be like untie, um, like, no, opening a hard jar. And she'd be like, it would be really hard. And she'd be like, oh, why is this so easy? And then it would open. And I was like, how are you doing that? Like, that is magic. I don't get it. Magic. <laughs> They're ma that's magic and asking questions with curiosity. Yes. It totally shifts your energy immediately. Mm. How can I make surrendering to the present moment easier? Mm. How can this be easier? How can I surrender? Mm -hmm. um, how can I shift into alignment to surrendering? Uh, whatever <laughs> arrives to you that lands. Mm -hmm. um, so much power in just asking the right questions because the questions create space. Getting back to that space, space, spaciousness word. Because yeah. um, when you're in the thick of the challenge and your energy body is so stressed, you, there is no space anywhere. Normally, we're super attached to the challenge. We've over-identified with the challenge, so you can't see a solution. But just by asking a question, that just frees up space. And in that space, ease arrives. Mm. I feel so spacious just receiving that in. So thank you. That was really good. So I was complaining to Lindsay at the start of, before we started recording, that I've lost power again in her house. So it's like, how can I surrender to the fact that I've got a lot of work to do today and I have clients and I don't have power. So how can I surrender to that? And it's just taken me on this fun day. Like this fun little day has opened up for me and I'm working at my coworker space and I just had an amazing coffee with this amazing woman. And I'm just like, what's going to else is going to happen today. I'm just surrendering to not having power. <laughs> oh, and so much beauty like life unfolds her beauty right <laughs> absolutely because I can't control it I wish I could I wish I could control when my power came I wish I could control that my power never goes off <laughs> um unfortunately I can't and we don't have a generator I guess that's one control um we don't have a generator so when you can't control better to flow always better to flow always 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 I love that okay um Hmm. Oh, I love it. We've touched on so much goodness with your journey and soul guided connection and our core gifts and our unique frequencies. And yeah, how can we all surrender to this present moment even more so than ever before? Hmm. Which feels already like so much delicious wisdom. Um, but feeling into this moment, is there anything else coming through you right now that you would love to leave our listeners with? 
some little nugget of feminine wisdom through your unique vibration? What a great question. So what's coming to me now is just letting your listeners know how just this is a reminder. I'm a reminder fairy. I'm reminding you of what you know to be true, but you might not always give yourself permission to fully believe it. And that's just how powerful you are. And I want you to remind yourself just how much your ideal clients and customers need you. They don't want you. They need you. And on a soul level, you agreed to be there for each other and transform each other's lives before you came into this human experience. So they're waiting for you. And they really need what it is you have to offer. And never for a second underestimate just how powerful you are and the magnitude of the impact that you have on the world. And as planet Earth goes through this volatile energy, planetary energy right now and flows through it and comes out on the other side, you are going to be the tip of the spear. You are going to lead, be the leaders of this awakening of planet Earth. So if you get down, if you get frustrated, if you feel like the results aren't there, just know that your impact is so needed. Your ideal clients and customers need it. Your loved ones need it. And truly, honestly, the planet needs it. So stay true to your vision, stay true to your passion, and um, surrender to that. <laughs> mm, aho. Thank you, beautiful reminder fairy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, so good, Allison. I'm so grateful for tuning in with you today. And so tell us, tell us, tell us, how can we connect with you? Where is the best places to follow you and receive more of your wisdom? Well, thank you for asking. I have a really good, I think, freebie offer right now. So if you go to my website, allisonscammell.com, that's A-L-L-Y-S-O-N-S-C-A-M-M-E-L-L.com, you can sign up to my newsletter and get three free soul-guided meditations that help you get a six-month vision for your business, where you want to grow to, and how to place your focus today to flow and get into alignment to that vision. And then I offer a pretty darn good podcast, I'd have to say. It's called She Grows with Allison Scammell, and you can find it pretty much anywhere. You can get it from my website or iTunes or lots of different other places. So if you want to subscribe to my podcast, I would love to have you part of the tribe. Wonderful. And I'll include links where all of this is going. And I really recommend getting in touch with Allison as well. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so much. And thank you for this opportunity to share. I'm such a fan of yours. I just have to mention, um, we did some work together on your core gifts and it was extraordinary. Your gifts, which you were already pretty clear of, but the work we did just kind of brought it to the next level of clarity. And I felt like you and I accomplished in 45 minutes what I take most of my clients literally months or even years. So it was mm. such an honor and a pleasure to me to be witness to your gifts and your wisdom, so wise beyond your human years. Mm. And so I just want to say if anyone's feeling called or is curious about Lindsay, she is an absolute gift. Her gifts are fierce. And, um, so I would also like to encourage your listeners to get on your ca calendar as well, because it, it's just 
been a true honor for me to be connected with you. Mm, thank you, Allison. That's a lot for me to receive in, and I will do it. I will breathe into that so what? fully. Thank you so much, beautiful. <laughs> I mean, um, every word. <laughs> All right. Well, I look forward to connecting with you again and hope to have you on future episodes. And um, thank you to all of our lovely listeners for tuning in with us today. I am Lindsay Curtis, and you've been listening to Her Return, the podcast. Uh, please subscribe and review this wherever you're listening. And until next week, stay in alignment with your radiance. And remember, you are love, you are light, and you are free. Thank you.